Welcome, listeners, to the NK News podcast, recorded on May 10th, 2018. I am your host, Jacko Zwetslut, and this week I am joined via Skype by Ms. Ambreen Mustafa, who is currently living in Pyongyang, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, and we will be talking all about everyday life in Pyongyang for a foreign diplomat. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast, not only at iTunes, but also Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and other podcast platforms. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform for a chance to win a full year's access to NK News. We'll be choosing one lucky winner each month. Also, you can save $50 off your NK News subscription by using the code PODCAST at checkout. My very special Skype guest today is Ms. Ambreen Mustafa. Her husband is currently Minister and Charge d'Affaires at the Embassy of Pakistan in Pyongyang. Having lived in Seoul, Jakarta, Athens, Bishkek, Dar es Salaam and Islamabad, Ambreen moved to Pyongyang in June 2016. She has a master's degree in strategic studies from Islamabad. She was president of the Pyongyang Women's Association from 2016 to 2017. And she has worked as a teacher and trainer in Bishkek, Seoul, Jakarta and Islamabad. Thank you for joining me, Ambreen. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you so much for inviting. And uh, I, I, I'm very thankful to NK News for providing me this opportunity to talk about talk about the life in Pyongyang. You're the very first person that we have interviewed for the podcast who is actually in Pyongyang at the time of recording. So this is a historic uh -huh. moment for us, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. how long exactly? Even for me? Yeah, and for you too, that's right. It's probably your first time to call somebody in Seoul, right? No, I have uh, I have talked to, uh, I have called my friends in Seoul, uh, Seoul. I talk to them frequently. I have got lots of friends in Seoul. Oh, that is good. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. But how long have you lived in yes. Pyongyang now? It's almost two years. I came here in June 2016. So okay. it's going to be two years next, next month. Yeah, very soon. And uh, until yes, when will you be soon. staying there? It depends on my husband's assignment. You know, uh, these days the situation in Korean Peninsula is changing. It's, yeah. uh, so we don't know yet. So let's hope. Let's, let's see how it's, uh, when it's going to end. What is the typical uh, length of term for a, a Pakistani diplomat? Is it normally three years or four years or it's, five years? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's usually for three years. Okay, but in certain circumstances, as you say, that can be yes. flexible and changeable. Exactly. Right. Yes, it's flexible and changeable. And uh, do you have children living there with you in Pyongyang, or is it just you and your husband? No, my children, they don't live with me. They, I have two children. They live in Canada and Shanghai. I have a daughter who studies in Canada, uh -huh. and my son studies in Shanghai. So it's uh, in Pyongyang, it's just me and my husband. Do you know any diplomats there who do live with children in Pyongyang? Yes, yes, there are many, is... and from the international community also. Okay. Is there a school for them there? Yes, there is a, a Pyongyang foreign school in, in the diplomatic uh, compound. Uh, and how long has Pakistan had an embassy in North Korea? We celebrated actually the 45 years of dipl uh, diplomatic relations last year. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Do you have a, a driver there or do you uh, move around by yourself? Have you been able to use the public transport system there? We are not allowed to use the public transport system. Mm. Only the taxis uh, are allowed. Okay. Uh, but only we have to that, book those taxis beforehand. I'm allowed to drive here, but I don't drive. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a driver. I have a driver. So I prefer to go with him because of the language. And sometimes, you know, it's more. I feel more comfortable. Now, apart from getting around, what other things are different about life in Pyongyang compared to life here in Seoul? Uh, you know, um, I will say every place has their own challenges. You know, like I've lived in different countries. 
yeah. everywhere you you face challenges and Pyongyang's challenges are a little bit uh, unique there are of course the first uh, challenge which i face is the internet or wi-fi connection because it's a little bit unstable and it's the only way of communication because you know international call is quite expensive here if you have family like i have children abroad so i have to be connected with internet so i i'm very much dependent on my wi-fi connection right. because uh, this is the only way with which i'm you know connected with my family and my children yeah. and then currency because there are diff three different currencies you're always working with. So you use euros, dollars, and the Korean bond, and sometimes even Chinese currency. So we go to a shop, and then uh, you, you, you should have dollars, euros, Korean bond, and sometimes Chinese currency with you. Yeah. And then uh, the prices are mentioned maybe in dollars, yeah. and you have euros. So they will keep on converting. So this is kind of very- Do you carry multiple wallets with you? <laughs> I have one wallet, but it has multiple pockets. Oh, that's handy, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, this is one more challenge, which I will say, which, uh, which really confused me here. Actually, in which circumstances do you have to use the local currency? When, when is that necessary? Uh, when we go to these local shops. Yeah, like if you go to Tongal Market, there's a very famous Tongal Market here where we all go and buy the fresh vegetables and fruits and they have uh, chicken, uh, very fresh seafood, uh, actually everything they have there. Uh, they take only the Korean uh, one. And then there are so many other, like the local stores where they don't accept dollars or euros yeah. or RMB. So you have to use the Korean bond. I wonder if you maybe had the same experience as I did when I was uh, uh, in North Korea in the past. And if mm -hmm. I used a foreign currency to buy something, sometimes they didn't mm -hmm. have the exact change. You know, they were a few cents short. And so because they didn't have the exact change, they would give me some kind of, you know, product like here's a cookie or here is some chewing gum. Or yes, here, you know, exactly. In, in a candy. Yes, a candy. Sometimes, yes. This is, this is very normal. I see, it's a very normal it? routine. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever yeah, tried if they to... don't have like this change, they will give you chewing gum or a candy in return. Have you ever tried keeping those candies and using them in exchange for some currency later on? You know? I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm five cents short today, but here you can have the candies back. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. No, probably not, no. Uh, yes. Now, I understand that you were president of the Pyongyang Women's Association from 2016 to 2017. So tell me a bit about that association. Who's in it and what kind of activities do you do? It's basically anyone can be a member of PIVA if you are a woman. Mm -hmm. And if you belong to the international uh, diplomatic community living in Pyongyang, you can be a member of PIVA. It's like uh, we I mean, PIVA charge a nominal fee for yearly fee yeah. for the membership. And then it's basically a platform for the international women to come, socialize, interact, and then they exchange their experiences, they exchange their talents. Mm. Uh, so uh, this is one aspect of PIVA. And then, you know, there is another aspect of PIVA, which is like PIVA supports some programs for the underprivileged women, children, and elderly in DPRK. So we, we raise funds. And then we support those programs. So how do you liaise with the uh, the local organizations that you're raising funds for? Uh, through the Ministry of Health. And then before that, we used to have cooperation with, with UNICEF sometimes, with mm -hmm. 
some local NGO with not the local NGOs, the international NGOs, international organization who used to uh, go and work with the uh, local organizations. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, who's the current president of, uh, of Piwa and which country is she from? Uh, the current president is the wife of the ambassador of Vietnam. And of course, she's from Vietnam. And are there any countries from which the women do not, they choose not to participate in Piwa? Usually they all participate. They all. I think everyone from most of the embassies, you know, like we have representation yeah. in Piva. They all come and they, are, they actively participate. You mentioned that you haven't had a lot of interaction with the locals there. Um, is that because they're, uh, they're shy or um, how does that work? What's your interaction with people in Pyongyang like? So basically, I interact, the local people whom I interact more, it's with, of course, my local Korean staff who work in my embassy. And after that, you know, usually the staff at the restaurant I interact with, yeah. or the girls who are working at the shop. So these are the people whom I frequently interact with. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, like, um, it's... Uh, it's not very, I will say, um, it's it's at an official level. It's yeah. not like a personal friendship level. Right. So you, you haven't been able to sit down for a coffee or a meal with a local lady, for example? No, 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 no. It's it's basically, you know, the, I, I had dinner with the local people, yeah. uh, like with local officials, but it's very official level. It's yes. not, I will say that they are my friends. No, right. not yet. Have People in Pyongyang asked you about any questions about events in the outside world, such as events back home in Pakistan or events in the United States or elsewhere? People in DPRK, usually they don't ask many questions. But once they have become comfortable with me, my mm. local staff, they do ask questions about Pakistan, like, you know, the culture in Pakistan. And uh, I went to Pakistan two months back, and when I came back, they kept on asking that what people think mm. in Pakistan about DPRK. Uh, and then I took some gifts, you know, the, the Korean um, handicrafts, and yes. they were asking me whether they liked it or not. So they were inquisitive. Okay, that, that actually was my next question, that uh, to what extent are uh, people from North Korea inquisitive about how the outside world perceives North Korea? Yeah, yes. So, uh, you know, like, as I told you earlier, that usually after uh, becoming comfortable, they do yeah. ask questions, like they ask in particular about the, um, uh, that what they think, what Pakistanis think about DPRK, and then what do they think about the products of DPRK? Mm -hmm. Do you have the same products in Pakistan? You know, they, are, they do ask such, such questions to me. And what do you tell them about how Pakistanis see North Korea? Yes, I told them that they, you know, like they like their products. And when I took some products of from DPRK, they actually loved it. They loved their embroideries. They loved the cosmetics, mm. the skincare products. Oh, yeah. And they were very happy, actually, to hear, to hear that. And, and how about, um, well, how do Pakistani people feel about North Korea as a country, apart from the products? I haven't discussed it much with you uh, because, you know, like it was a family trip and I was like interacting more with the family and friends. So we haven't talked. But of course, the gifts I took for them, they, they really liked it and they did. My, and they were quite like surprised to see that they, the products are so good quality. OK, that's good. Has, has your family ever expressed any concern uh, for your safety living in Pyongyang? I think it's one of the safest places. <laughs> Well, in terms of personal safety, yeah, that's true, isn't it? It's one of the safest places uh, on earth. I mean, like, I don't even lock my door. Wow. It's always open. 
But what about last year when there was a lot of uh, strong rhetoric yeah, they between? Were, they were bit, like, yeah, of course, like you know, this they when they follow the situation, they get yeah. concerned, which is normal, which mm-hmm. is uh, yes, because they are they are looking from outside, they're uh, hearing from media. But everything was okay. So when they contacted me, they, I told them that yeah, things are fine here. So now, when there is a, a big event happening or about to happen in Pyongyang, for example. Uh, in the period leading up to the uh, recent summit meeting between President Moon from South Korea and Chairman Kim Jong-un from North Korea. Were you able to sense that something was different in Pyongyang? For example, did your staff or contacts say anything about, you know, something big coming up? No, no. They they didn't. E- they, even now, they haven't asked anything about that summit. Hmm. So Nothing. Would it be fair to say then that living in Pyongyang, in a, in a way, you're kind of in a bubble that uh, sort of separated from, you know, the, the outside you world? You know, I think uh, uh, because I go out, uh, you know, for long walks, and yeah. I see, you know, I, I'm sure you have seen that they put the newspapers outside the, mm-hmm. uh, on the bus stops. Yep in like a frame. You must have seen the, that, yes. right? Yes, yes. And the people that can come and they can read those newspapers. So I have, what I have observed that pe- people were very curious because I have seen lots of people standing on the, those, uh, you know, stands mm. and reading those newspapers with excitement and they were, they looked happy, mm. you know, reading those. Uh, yeah. So this what I have observed, but my local staff, they haven't asked or anything about the uh, the summit or anything. Okay, but that's interesting. So sometimes you see more people what looking at the newspapers than normal, and that's a sign that there is something going on. Yes, um, yes, they were. Of course, that shows that they were interested. They were very curious to see what's happening, what has gone. And you mentioned that you, you're able to go out and take long walks. Um, does somebody normally go with you, or can you go around by yourself? I go by myself. I go outside my compound to very local areas. I go for long walks for two hours. And it, I'm quite comfortable. You know, I haven't, I, I never felt any kind of, uh, I never felt any, you know, any threat or I never felt any, never felt threatened about anything. They are very respectful. Yeah. Uh, they, they give you like, they respect your privacy because like in many countries, uh, you know, when they look at the foreigner, the, sometimes they, they just get over excited even in my country i have noticed that uh-huh. that they will just stop and they they keep on staring at you but here you know like they they will never do that hmm. they will look at you but then you know they will just move on they won't even stop well that's great so you're really getting a sense of how the city is on the ground level that most people you know uh if you go as a tourist like i did uh you're taken you're taken only to the main streets and to the, the, the nicest parts of town. So we, we don't get to go, for example, to the Tongil market or to the local neighborhoods where people live. So I've never, been, I've never seen the inside of the Tongil market except from a, uh, from a photograph. So actually, could you tell us a bit more about the Tongil market? I don't go there more, uh, frequently, but yes, it's like a, it's like a market, which is like, like, like a covered market. It's like a farmer's market fruits, vegetables, and all the sellers are the local women. And it opens in the afternoon, uh, like around 2 o'clock, I think, or 2.30 uh, for a few hours. Quite neat and clean, very fresh seafood. Yeah. And also there's a section for um, shoes and clothing and uh, toiletries. So uh, pretty much everything is there. Have you noticed any bookshops at the market? 
uh, in Thongal market yes. or generally outside? Uh, either, either in the market or outside. Have you noticed anything? I have seen market? some bookshops. I've seen some bookshops in the hotels also, and I've seen some local bookshops, but I've never gone there inside because I think they're mostly the books are in Korean. I've seen those shops, uh, but I, I know some in, in the hotels that are bookshops, but uh, I, I've seen some English books also there. But I've read before uh, that um, a lot of people don't have access to a mark. Uh, sorry, to a library. Uh, so the marketplace becomes like a, a kind of a lending library. So you can go there and give some money and and then borrow a book for a couple of days, and then you bring it back and exchange it. You taught when you were here in Seoul. You taught at a foreign school in Hanamdong. Um, have you tried looking for work as a teacher in Pyongyang? Yes, when uh, I used to work not in the foreign school, it was an international school in Hanamdong. Um, yeah. So yes, when I came here, I tried, but uh, you know the Korean foreign uh, school, but the, sorry, the Pyongyang foreign school. Yes. It's run by Koreans, and mm -hmm. so the, all the teachers are Koreans, and it's run by a Korean administration. So they don't hire international teachers. So oh. of course, uh, yeah. But so, they do teach in English, or how do they do that? Yes, no, no, they do teach in English. They do, uh, they teach in English, and I've heard they the. Of course, my children are already, you know, they don't go there, but I've heard from people because my Pakistani staff children they go to the set school mm -hmm. that the, um, their mathematics and science is quite advanced that's interesting i've never heard i didn't know that there was a, a school there for the the foreign diplomat children taught by north koreans in english that's very interesting yes yes it's very interesting and actually you know like it's a very good school uh, it's a nice building and it's very like uh, it's a small school of course not many children but the children are very comfortable they enjoy the school and uh, they they look very happy now i know that uh, there's a kim il sung university of foreign languages in pyongyang uh, do you know if urdu is taught there they have closed down the urdu department they used to have I think maybe three years back or four years back, but they, there is no more an Urdu department there. Now, when you live in Seoul, uh, you might have received a handbook about what it's like to live in Seoul as a foreigner with all kinds of useful information about where to find certain services. But what about in Pyongyang? Is there any kind of institutional memory for foreigners? Uh... Actually, there are different ways. For example, when you're posted to a news station, usually people whom you replace, they yep. give you a lot of information from you get a lot of information from your embassies ah. beforehand, before even you land uh, in that particular station. So you have a lot of information. And these days, you know, even on internet, there is a lot of information about even about Pyongyang. Yeah. And then, you know, once you're here, uh, we have a, on Facebook, we have a Piva page, mm -hmm. which is also kind of uh, information, uh, you know, exchange of information. Then we have a Piva newsletter, which is a monthly newsletter. Mm. And over there also you get like information about the activities going on. And uh, sometimes there are reviews of some restaurants. Uh, there is also the UNDP maintains a mailing list. All the international and diplomatic community who are residing in Pyongyang. Mm. So through that email, through that mailing list, you can be in touch with anyone and you can circulate any kind of information. And basically, it's the word of the mouth. So, uh, you know, this uh, the international community here, it's very cohesive. Uh, it's like it's very close-knit because we live in one compound. We usually we interact with each other very almost on daily basis. Uh, we go to the same shop. We go to the same restaurant. So, you know, like 
So it's not difficult to get information about anything. When you are preparing for uh, your replacements in the future, what would be the two, the two most important or useful tips that you would give that person? I would ask them to bring lots of Pakistani groceries because we don't get Pakistani groceries here. So I would, uh, yes, I would ask them to bring lots of groceries. Courts like warm clothing, because sometimes uh, I have seen but uh, that things are available, but sizes, it's difficult to find the correct size because, you know, like uh, if you are very tall and if you're a little healthy, he heavy, it's difficult to find, to get your size of clothing here. Okay. Have you ever had to uh, receive any medical care or treatment in North Korea? That's a concern, a serious concern for all the, I think, for all the international community here. Mm. There is one hospital which is called Friendship Hospital, which is in our diplomatic compound. But it's very basic. It's very basic. Many embassies and international organizations, usually, if there is something serious, they mm. give you uh, medical coverage to back home mm. or to some other countries. Yeah. But some, they don't. So like last year, I had some problem, skin problem. I tried to contact some doctors here, skin dermatologists, but yeah. they couldn't, you know, like uh, understand this, my, my skin condition. So mm. it was very frustrating. Yeah. Yes. Recently, you know, one good thing, which a good hospital, which I have visited and actually my, I took my children also. Recently, they have opened an eye hospital mm -hmm. and it was inaugurated, I think, um, last year, yeah, it was inaugurated last year. It's a very good high-tech eye hospital, and I was quite impressed, and uh, they have very good facilities there. But normally, as you say, people would go outside the DPRK yes, for any Yes, because uh, the, the facilities, as I told you, they are very basic here. I mean, it's, it's the only concern for everyone here, you know, like we are always really worried if something happens then. And uh, where do you do your grocery shopping? You said that sometimes you go to the Tongil market. Do you also go to the department store for that? Actually, we go to Tongil market and then there is uh, there are two shops in the diplomatic compound here, Pyongyang shop and there is another shop. So for um, so we go there. And then of, there are so many local shops for my grocery shopping. Have you noticed any change in items that are available in the last year or two? Yes, in the last year, you know, like a lot of uh, imported items, they, the, the availability has reduced and the prices have gone up. For example, like I would say milk and uh, cheese. Cheese is very expensive here and uh, chocolates and butter. So mostly the imported products are quite expensive here. Sometimes they are there and sometimes you won't see anything there. They're totally out of the, and then you have to wait. Are there any other inconveniences or hardships that you've experienced during your life in Pyongyang? Yes, one more thing which I would like to mention, which is again a very, it's, it's a challenge, like the connectivity. Mm. There, are, there are no daily flights. So if there is any emergency, so you are stuck. So you have to wait, like there are flights only on Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays. So if there is anything, if anything comes up, so you are just stuck, you have to wait for the flight. Oh, yeah. So that's also a big, big uh, concern. And how often do you and your husband travel outside the DPRK? 
My husband, he travels on need basis because he has to, um, you know, because of his work, he yeah. travels. I do sometimes accompany him, and uh, but not always. You know, when I'm like bored, I if I want to go for shopping, I go. You know, the nearest place is Dandong, and the train journey I really enjoy uh-huh. going from Pyongyang to Dandong. It's yeah. such a lovely train journey. Yeah. So I go da- to Dandong for shopping, and sometimes when I miss eating McDonald's and KFC, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I do. Now, what about when when you and your husband socialize outside work hours? Uh, who do you normally socialize with? Uh, we should, we socialize with almost all the diplomatic and international community. You know, yeah. So this and also the Pakistani nationals who are uh, working in DPRK. Oh, are there many? We used to have lots. We used to have like around twenty five, mm-hmm. I think, last year. But now there are only three who are working in different uh, international organization. And then we have the Pakistani staff who are working in the Pakistan embassy. Have you and your husband traveled around outside Pyongyang much in the rest of the DPRK? Is it the kind of thing where you could just get in a car on a Saturday or Sunday and just, you know, let's go for a drive for an hour or two hours and see where we end up? Or do you need more planning than that? It's advisable by the foreign ministry that we have to take like an, um, like a permission or we have to let them know before we go outside of the Pyongyang. Within Pyongyang, it's fine. Because when we go outside, it's like, you know, in many other countries, because they are concerned about the security and safety. So uh, they prefer that we let them know. So if we have to go, uh, we have to take like, we have to let them know. Have there ever been any uh, sort of comical or amusing episodes, perhaps involving a miscommunication or misunderstanding with a local? Uh, yes, you know what? Uh, when I came here, mm-hmm. um, it was just my first week, and I had to visit few places with my with my Korean staff. And I was used to the terms I used. I learned in in South Korea. Yes. The uh, the terms like ajumas and ajashi. Right. And uh, so when I came here. So I went to this, I, I don't know, it was a small office. And then there was this lady sitting and I, I constantly, I, I, was, I, I was addressing her as Ajuma. Uh-huh. And then she, she, was, she, she didn't seem to be very happy. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't, you know, realize at yes. that time. We went somewhere else and then I addressed that man as Ajashi. And then he looked at me, you know, with quite surprise. And even the person, my relation officer was also... Uh, a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So when we came home, he, you know, uh, these um, the the North Koreans are quite formal. They are very formal. So he came up to me and he said, "Madam, can I ask you something, if you don't mind?" And I said, "Yes, sure. Please go ahead." He says, "You know, I know in South you live in Seoul, and Seoul it's very normal to use these words, ajumas and ajashi. Uh-huh. But here in Pyongyang, it's not a very polite word, and that's why the woman was looking at you. You know, she was quite surprised." because you were constantly addressing her as Ajuma. So please, <laughs> so yeah, so that was something which I, you know, which was quite amusing and it was a misunderstanding. Although it's the same language, but you see there are different terms which we use. Well, it's interesting that that also works the other way. I read a story years ago by somebody who was originally from North Korea who came to live in South Korea and he got he got a job in a South Korean office. He um, addressed a young woman in the office whose name he didn't know uh, as Agashi. Uh, she was very taken aback and uh, offended. And she said, you know, what am I, a, a waitress in a tea room or something? You know, so uh, it, it can happen both ways, believe me. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know, because this, what, uh, this happened with me. And there, from that day onward, I'm quite 
you know, like careful. Yes. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. Have you had any other similar uh, misunderstandings or experiences? There's no misunderstanding, but there's certain something very interesting, very unique about Pyongyang. There are certain things which I haven't seen in any part of, I mean, I have lived in so many different countries. I have traveled a lot. You know, I think DPRK is the only country where still the women here, they don't paint their nails. There is no concept of nail painting or nail art. Yeah, I paint my nails and I do my toenails. So when I go outside, of course, in the diplomatic uh, compound, the local people are used to it because they see all these foreign women using, you know, nail paint. But when you go to the very local areas, believe me, uh, uh, you know, young girls will stop and they will stare at your toenails because it's something very interesting for them. And they always look at you when you are talking and when you are when you are buying. They look at your nails because they find it very interesting. I think, and especially my toenails because the women here are not allowed to wear these uh, like flip flops. Right. They don't wear flip flops. So and then uh, you know in summer we wear flip flops. So that's also something which is very. I think they find it. Little different, and with the painted toenails. So they, uh, the young girls, the like 13, 14 years, they would stop and they would look at, at my nails. And sometimes they tell their parents, they point towards my nail and show them to their parents, mm -hmm. which is very interesting. So no flip flops, and but then, do you see any yeah. open-toed shoes? Yeah, open-toed shoes they can wear, but no flip flops. And then one more thing, which is also very unique about uh, Pyongyang, uh, I, I'm sure you must have noticed when you were visiting North, uh, Pyongyang, that uh, when they, if they're driving and when they pa drive past their leaders statues, they always slow down the speed. They are not allowed to drive it fast, which is also very interesting to see. I think the 15 uh, or 20, the speed should be between 15 to 20. When a, a Pyongyang local is, is in a hurry to get from A to B, I wonder if they take the roads that avoid the statues and the uh, and the portraits. Maybe, maybe, yeah. But anyway, you know, in Pyongyang, there is no traffic. So it's uh, there is no traffic jam. So I don't think it will be a big problem. What, what is it that North and South Korean people have in common? Uh, any habits or anything at all that sets them apart, but somehow different? Uh, I think the cultural values. You mean like the value on education or uh, the sort of respect uh, no, for the elders like the, or something? The family, yeah, respect for elders. And like, you know, uh, I've seen in South Korea, like uh, the the pa the parents are taken care by the eldest son. Usually it's the responsibility. And same here, exactly the same thing here. And their eating habit uh, in South and North, the, the family values that they are very like close, like in South Korea, and they are both very hardworking people. In South also, they are very motivated. They are very focused and hardworking here as well. They are very hardworking people, very focused and motivated. What kind of North Korean cultural products do you consume while living there? For example, do you watch any North Korean TV or, TV or movies? Do you read the Pyongyang Times or anything like that? or North Korean literature and English translation? Uh, I do read Pyongyang Times, and um, I don't, don't watch Korean, North Korean TV. But, uh, you know, last year we went to the cinema, a local cinema. It was actually, we arranged a trip for Piva for the international ladies, and we went to the, a local cinema, and we watched a North Korean movie. And we were quite impressed. The movie was so good, and it was very emotional. Actually, half of, the, uh, half of us, we were crying. It was so emotional.
And then one more thing which I use, it's not, I don't think it's cultural product, but the Korean cosmetics, North Korean cosmetics are really good, the skincare products. I mean, you must have heard about the South Koreas. The South Korean products are very famous all over the world. But believe me, North Korean products are so good. Uh, I mean, I would recommend, yes, because when I came here, I was a bit reluctant. But my, uh, you know, the people who were living here, they asked me just to try. And now I have using the other products. I use only the North Korean products. And when I went to Pakistan, I, I took lots of them for gifts for my friends and they all love it. And the shampoos are so good. And they are chemical-free. When you come to leave North Korea in the future, what is the thing you'll miss most? The serenity here. It's very peaceful. It's very serene. Uh, I have done so many things here, which uh, because my life in other places was so busy. Mm-hmm. Half of the time you are stuck in the traffic or maybe running from, you know, from one place to another place. But this is this was the place where really I was very, you know, I, I had so much time on for myself. I have read a lot here, lots of books, which, you know, and I've watched so many movies here. So which I, I think I'm going to miss when I will go to some other place. And then, of course, you know, the community here, the, the diplomatic community here. They are so helpful. They are, we are so friendly. We are so like connected with each other, which I have never seen in any other station, which I'm going to miss, of course, definitely. And then, of course, I'm going to miss my Korean staff. They have been very helpful with me. They help me in my day-to-day life, you know, challenges. Um, your Korean staff, just a, a quick follow-up question. There. When, yes. If you need to contact a member of your Korean staff and they're not mm-hmm. there, uh, how mm-hmm. can you reach them? Can you call their mobile phone? No, we are not allowed to call their mobile phone. Right. So, so once they leave, once they leave uh, the embassy, yeah. we cannot contact them. I see. So we can only contact them through intercom. Mm. and uh, otherwise we cannot. Do you have a mobile phone allowed. for yourself? Yes, I do have. And the, the uh, PY I have local number. women, you can call each other, I guess, right? Yes, of course. Right. Of course, we can call each other. We, have, we can use WhatsApp. We can use Skype. We can use WeChat. I mean, Facebook. Everything is, you know, we can use here right. in Pyongyang. There but is no such restriction. Um, have, you invi- have you encouraged people back in Pakistan to come and visit North Korea to see what it's like? Yes, I do. I have uh, asked my family, my brothers, uh, my children always, they, they come, uh, you know, uh, every summer. They still love it here. They enjoy it, yes. What do they do when they're there? Oh, they make friends. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, they go for cycling. Yep. They go and eat Korean food. They mm. go for a walk. Uh, they have visit all the museums and the parks and other places. They enjoy it here because I told you, like, life is very simple and it's very serene. Mm. So when you are coming from a very fast place, like, you know, maybe, you know, the the cities, like the big cities everywhere is this. The life is the same, you know. So it's 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 like a it's like a break. Well, that's wonderful. It's 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 interesting to hear such a to my experience, such a unique experience of, uh, of living in Pyongyang. Wow. Yes, it's a very, actually it's a very unique experience. I would say that it's it's one of its kind. People initially, you know, they are a bit uh, reluctant to come here when they come to know that we are there. But then once they come here, they 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 don't want to leave. 
Well, we certainly hope that things you know, go in a positive direction, and uh, I'm sure you will keep watching events from your side. And perhaps in a, in a year or so, if you're still there in Pyongyang, we can touch base with you again and get an update on your life there. Sure, yeah, that would be lovely. Yes, Wonderful. definitely. Well, thank you once again to Ambrin Mustafa of the Pakistani Embassy in Pyongyang for being our Skype guest today. And don't forget, listeners, you can listen to all of our shows as well as read full bios and show notes on our website, www.nknews.org. NK News is the leading repository of North Korean research, news and analysis, and we hope to see you there. And you can send feedback, comments, questions or guest suggestions to podcast at nknews.org. Our podcast was produced by Arias Dare and facilitated by Chad O'Carroll and Christina Lee. Lastly, a reminder that you can save $50 off your NK News subscription by using the code PODCAST at checkout, or you can win a whole free year subscription by leaving a review on your favorite podcast provider. Thank you, and listen again next time. <laughs> <laughs>